folks, welcome into a brand new episode of Trainwreck Fantasy Baseball. Wake here with some guy named Steve. We got a great show for you guys. As always, we're going to do the buy low, sell high, going to do some waiver ads. I know Steve has some prospects that he's really passionate about we're going to get to at the end. And of course, we're going to start off talking about the Home Run Derby because that was, man, that was one of the most exciting Home Run Derbies that you know I've watched in recent memory, to be completely honest. And, and my friends and I, we are generous of course and so we, we did a pool where we all kind of randomly got one player in the home run derby and it was just 10 bucks a person and i ended up with matt olson but then someone got trey mancini and he said he wanted to trade him so i said i'll give you matt olson for trey mancini and seven dollars and he took it so it was really only a three dollar entry for me and it was a fun ride to ride along with trey mancini it's confirmed that that you know the who the hell won i already forgot tell me who won pete alonzo i'm an idiot come on now pete alonzo is pro cancer now as if there's if there's anything we've learned uh from the home run derby but were were you shocked to see pete alonzo take it home i mean like him not being the favorite i feel like was a bit disrespectful i mean not at all and to to your point wake i wrote an article on monday about the home run derby talked about everyone in the field kind of predicted the whole thing did very well i think the picks in the article we finished up over like 12 units which is wild but the big thing for me was everyone was talking about otani everyone was talking about joey gallo and i'm sitting there like does everyone forget the type of performance we saw from pete alonzo you know a couple years back where he won the derby where he went toe-to-toe with vlad and and Mm -hmm. pete alonzo he lives for the home run derby there were a number of reasons i liked him i mean first off coors field I think it's a righty park. Now, some people will disagree Mm -hmm. there, but I tend to favor righties in Coors Field because you have the high uh, wall in right field. You have the even, like, the long, tall wall in right center where it's so tough to get it out. And we saw in the Derby, a lot of guys would hit it off the top of that, you know, right center wall, which is like a 415 shot. Mm -hmm. It's not going out. Pete can just pull the ball, and it's if you pull it well enough in Coors, you can – absolutely take advantage of it and the elevation and that's what pete alonso did but not only that too it was just the road i thought was a little easier although i i can't discredit what salvador perez did 28 home runs in the first round and he's eliminated i mean it kind of sucks that's how it was structured that's the way it happened because he had Mm -hmm. the most home runs ever by a catcher in the derby the 28 still lost to pete and then you saw Juan Soto, everyone was sleeping on him. I had him over Otani as one of my picks head-to-heads. I also had Mancini over Olsen, the two dogs I kind of like. Juan Mm -hmm. Soto, I think it was plus 260 against Otani. Ends up beating him in a swing-off. Everyone was sleeping on Soto. I thought he was the best pure hitter in the field. And next thing you know, you know, he's probably tired from the swing-off with Otani going back and forth. (laughs) Pete Alonso's been sitting there for about 45 minutes kind of got thrown pretty easily and then it was the final round and i know a lot of people are rooting for trey mancini i wanted him to have a good derby i was hyped when he beat medals and i was even more hyped when he got to the finals but you know it's pete alonzo he was he's getting paid i think it's 680k by the mets this year he wins a million dollars if he wins the home run derby he had the incentive and you could tell from his previous win he loves the derby he wants to win it and no one was really talking about him before. I think it was plus 450. I said, just hammer Pete Alonzo. 
and he made me a lot of money. He made me look smart. <laughs> you know what? He Your picks have been making smart. you look really, really smart all year long. So that's why we keep you on the show. And that's why we're going to get into uh, the buy low, sell high stuff. Because, you know, if, if you listen to Steve's gambling advice for the Home Run Derby and it worked out, you should definitely be listening to what he's about to say right now. So we'll get into it. We'll do things a little different. We'll do free agent ads first, and okay. then we'll go into buy low, sell high. Change it up a little bit. Want to keep you on your toes. Uh, so, so you tell me, who is your first free agent ad for what is now week 15 of the fantasy yeah. baseball season? And, and it's crazy. We're this deep into the season, and I got to say, these two free agents are two of my favorite free agents all year long. They're mm -hmm. both owned in over half of ESPN leagues. The first guy I'm going to mention is Garrett Cooper. Now, he's the first baseman, outfielder, DH, basically utility player for the Marlins. And on the year, his his numbers, season-long numbers, actually look pretty good. At 291, 387 on base, 481 slugging. Nine home runs, 32 RBIs, and 10 doubles, and just 206 at-bats. You know, you kind of take that as a 600 at-bat season, like a full season if someone's healthy. That's a 27 home run pace, close to 100 yeah. RBIs, 30 doubles, and a great slash line. And it's not like it's coming out of nowhere. The past two seasons, Cooper batted 281 and 283 with a 791 OPS and an 853 OPS. He's just a good hitter. But no one cares about him because he's on the Marlins and he's only been on the Marlins when they've been a bad team. Mm -hmm. But Garrett Cooper has really taken a step forward since he's came back from his injury. He was kind of struggling early on, so people didn't really notice him. But since he's been back in 15 games, Wake, he's batting 463, a 593 on base, and an 829 slugging. Now, I know those are unsustainable, but that mm -hmm. is eight great sign of things to come because mm -hmm. he's shown to be a good hitter throughout his career and he's batting third in the marlins lineup and i know the marlins aren't a great team but they're a top heavy lineup they're jazz Chisholm lead, leads mm -hmm. off starling Marte bat second he's going to see a lot of fastballs because those guys are going to be on base they want to limit the steals both guys are very good at steals He's going to have a lot of RBI opportunities, and he's going to have a lot of run scored opportunities because you got Jesus Aguilar batting mm -hmm. behind him. The top four in that lineup is actually pretty solid, and Garrett Cooper's right in the middle of it. And I looked into him as well. It's not like it's you know getting lucky. He's got a career high walk weight walk rate this year, <laughs> a career high exit velocity, a career high hard hit uh, rate at fifty two point eight percent. And all of these are well above the MLB average. So not just his career highs. These are all above, you know, your typical MLB players. He's only 27% of leagues right now. That's wow. When you get a guy who can play an infield slot and an outfield slot, and he's at first base where it's typically a weaker position, I'm in love with Garrett Cooper as a free agent pickup. I try, I looked every league I was in, saw if he was available, even if I didn't really need him and just picked him up because he's the type <laughs> of guy who's going to give you consistency the rest of the year as long as he stay health, stays healthy. Yep, top 8% of the league in max exit velocity, top 6% in hard hit rate. And he also is putting up, well, one of the best Wobicon, expected Wobicons yep. of his career. You know, you you said it all. He is absolutely, he is someone who was on my radar for, 
for, for the Pups, and then I saw that you were going to talk about them a little bit. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to let Steve take the reins <laughs> on this one. But, you know, it's fun when we're in agreement because, you know, that yeah. just means that it's definitely something that he is unfortunately owned in my league already. I'm in a stupid deep league, um, but not every league is as deep as my own. So, you know, when I'm giving people that are 13% owned and Steve's giving some that are 27% owned, this is exactly why. <laughs> um, my first, uh, I'm going to go off of something you said you were talking about uh you know the rockies park and how it you believe that it's a hitters park specifically mainly for right-handed hitters and i'm going to talk about a right-handed hitter on the rockies and it is elias diaz the catcher we've been talking about catchers i'm taking another page out of the some guy named steve playbook catcher is a wasteland and if you can ride the hot hand at catcher it's the same thing as streaming defenses streaming quarterbacks in fantasy football this is a guy that you want to attach yourself to over the last month he is the 82nd ranked player in all of fantasy baseball not just in catchers in all of fantasy baseball it's a really low sample size so a lot of the underlying metrics that we like to look at and talk about a lot of the ones that you just said for garrett cooper are not really available just because it's not all there he hasn't gotten a lot of at bats yet but he's got the second highest barrel percentage his first career he's on pace to have the most barrels in a season and his season-long batting average is just 214 his expected is around a 255 which is a lot better and he's one of those guys who has gotten it going as the season has gone on i said his last month has been incredible if you look at april he batted 104 may 143 then in june he was around 260 where i expect him to be most of the season to be completely honest but in july so far and it's been a short month obviously because of the all-star break but he's batting 379 so this is a guy he's probably better anybody listening he's there's like an 80 percent chance he's playing better than whatever catcher you have in your catcher spot right now so me as someone who wasn't rostering a catcher for the past month or so I just picked him up in my really deep league. He's only owned in, what is it, 13% of leagues. Yeah, that 13% number I threw out, there was a reason I had that in my head. So, plus, you know, being in the Rockies Park, it can't hurt. So, I love him as an ad for a catcher right now. Yeah, I mean, I got two words for you. It's free power, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, when you brought his name up, I was like, I, there's very few baseball players where I'm like, I don't really know what he's doing right now. You brought his name up. <laughs> I was like, I really don't have a clue what he's been up to. Kind of mm. looked into it, and you're right. He's been absolutely crushing the ball lately. He plays in a hitter-friendly park, and you talked about it earlier. He plays at our favorite streaming position, catcher. Mm-hmm. Don't draft catchers. Don't get attached to one catcher. You pick up the hot hand, and you ride him until he gets cold, and then you pick up the next one. And what's nice, too, is he's actually been playing pretty decent consistently for playing time lately. And that's a mm-hmm. big thing for me for catchers. I don't want to pick up a guy who's only playing, you know, two days out of the week. He's been playing the majority of games for the Rockies. And that's to your point, like just ride him out. It's it's a no risk pickup, right? These catchers, we talked about Hase, we talked about Stassi, we talked about mm-hmm. Mercedes earlier on the year. These are guys that there's no risk to them because if they get go cold and you drop them, no one's going to care. No one's going to put a claim in. But also, nobody's putting a claim in now because they're like, I've never heard of that guy. But he's producing <laughs> good numbers for you. He's producing better numbers than catchers 
who were drafted in the you know early mid rounds in your league. I love mm-hmm. the pickup. I'll never not love a streaming catcher pickup. <laughs> <laughs> I, and he and he's one of those guys. Like he's not really finding a consistent spot in the lineup. But that's mm-hmm. also just because you know it's the Miami Marlins lineup. Or not Miami, or the, it's the Rockies line. Sorry, baseball savant still has him as the Mar- on the Marlins. So I'm, I'm still, I'm, I just, I'm, it's gotten my head there. But you know, it's a decent hitting lineup, but it's been one that's been sketchy at best this year. They've not been a very good team, so things have been getting shaken up. So don't be like, yeah, you know, discouraged by the fact that he has seven different places in the lineup that he's been hitting. They want him in the lineup. They're trying to find the right spot for him. And if he does stick like in the middle of the lineup, that's where he's been doing the best. And sixth and ninth are the the best spots mm-hmm. for him hitting right now. So he's a good spot, uh, a good player to have rounding out the lineup because they, they need all the help they can get. Uh, I don't think he's in, in jeopardy of losing his spot hitting in that lineup right now. Uh, so now your second free agent, Ed, Steve, who you got for me? So my second one, he's owned in just a little under half of league. So he may be owned in yours, but this is the last chance you're going to get to pick him up. He should be owned, and I, in my opinion, like 90% of leagues. He's only owned in 47% of leagues on ESPN right now. It's Logan Gilbert of the Seattle Mariners. I talked about Logan Gilbert probably two months ago when he was originally called up. Is a guy, you know, either pick up now and stash or a guy you want to watch because his first three starts, kind of shaky. They weren't great. But his season-long numbers are pretty good now. In 10 starts, he's 3-2 and two on the year, a 3.51 ERA, a .97 whip, and a 3.19 fit. So he's pitching better than his ERA suggests. He's also got 53 strikeouts in 48 innings. But the big one for me, Wake, and I've said this all the time with young pitchers, yeah. he only has 10 walks in his 10 starts. He has wow. got elite control. And his location is getting better. He's not giving up as many home runs as he did earlier in the year where he struggled his first couple starts. It happens. You're a rookie pitcher. His last seven starts, he's allowed more than two runs just once. He's got three quality starts in that and 42 strikeouts in just 38 innings. He's got a really good K rate at 27.2% and elite walk rate at 5.1%. And the Mariners, believe it or not, are somewhat in contention of trying to make a chase at the wild card. They've actually been pretty decent this year. (laughs) They've got a really, really good farm system, a really good young core that we could see more of as the year progresses. But the Mariners, they want to win. And Gilbert has been one of, if not their best pitcher in the past month. His most Mm -hmm. recent start, he faced the Yankees, seven innings, one hit, no runs, eight strikeouts, generated a ton of swing and misses. And Gilbert is a guy who I think not only is valuable for helping you with your playoff push this year, but this is a guy I would seriously consider in a dynasty league. Maybe just trying to get in a deal and like you know, hold on to him. Maybe if you if you have like a certain amount of keepers, maybe he one of your last keepers. But I would do whatever you can because he's showing every signs of not just being a good pitcher, but becoming an ace, an absolute superstar because he's got all the, you know, all the stuff you want to see in a young arm. He generates a ton in swing and misses. He has great control. He doesn't mm-hmm. give up three free passes. He doesn't walk batters. And he's got really good breaking pitches. And you know what? His first couple starts, he struggled. A lot of people dropped him. I said, hey, 
I'll wait it out. We'll see what happens because I saw good enough things in those starts where it was yeah. like, hey, I think his first start, he gave up four runs and four innings, but he still got like 14 swing and misses. And now he's starting to put it together. I love Logan Gilbert. This is the last chance you'll have to grab him as a free agent if you're lucky enough to be in, you know, those 50% of leagues where he's not owned. Mm-hmm. And even if he is owned, he's someone I would make a play at. I really like Logan Gilbert going forward. Yeah, I was really happy you brought him up because he's maybe one of the most exciting young pitchers yes. like coming up and be like really bursting onto the scene this yes. year. Like, how often do you see a rookie pitcher come through and have a 27.2 strikeout rate and just a 5.1% walk rate? That's the top 10% in the MLB for the walk rate. It's, it's, you it's, see it's, it. You don't see it, and it's mind-blowing. And also, just the difference between his ERA and expected ERA is just 0.1. Yeah. It's a 3.5 and then a 3.6. Like, like this, this kid is good, and he is going to stay good for a really long time. I mean, he does give up some hard-hit balls, but he's a rookie. The most, the most important thing for young players, and it's kind of, you know, what we talked about with, you know, maybe plate discipline for young hitters, too, is that, you know, young hitters – aren't swinging too much, aren't striking too many people out. And you young pitchers, you just want them to have good control. He's got great control. Like, I, yeah. I love this call. I really he's, do. He's got elite, like, swing and miss pitches already. When you have control mm-hmm. with that, it's just a matter of getting a few things just kind of tweaked, and he'll become an ace. I'm telling you, this could be a guy we'll see in a couple years down the road where he's striking out 250 batters in a season. No, I would not be, I would not doubt that whatsoever. He's a guy that I, I wish I, even before the season, he's someone that I was hoping I could get in my draft and it did not happen, but you know what? That's just the way it goes. That's what happens when you play with smart people, I guess. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I love stashing guys like that. You know what? If they sit out for the first month, who cares when they show up? It's, it looks like it feels great. It feels amazing. Uh, my, my second final for agent and for today, I'm not super excited about, but I'm going to bring him because you, you know, the name, it's not like it's like an extremely flashy name or anything, but I'm bringing him up just because the window for him to really make a fantasy impact or an impact at all this season is closing because there are a lot of guys on the team that are coming back from injury. We're talking about the Chicago white Sox, and I am talking about Oh my God, I lost my notes. I lost my notes. I lost my, hold on. Pages is not, okay. I'm talking about Brian Goodwin. I knew the name. I had to make sure I had my notes up. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, Eloy Menez, he's a guy that's going to be coming back from injury soon. Also, Lewis Robert is going to yeah. be coming back. So two outfielders in the same team are going to be coming back. So Brian Goodwin's time as a fantasy relevant player is definitely limited, but I think he's definitely earning looks at the DH when they do come back or maybe it getting into a starting spot because that Chicago White Sox team is going to be really competitive down the stretch. They're obviously a great team. They're going to make a run into the postseason and, you know, going up into the all-star break, he was actually the 45th best player in fantasy for the two weeks leading up to it. And he's doing a little bit of everything. He's getting singles. Mm -hmm. He's got some triples and home runs. And even more importantly, as we were just talking about, about. He just has four walks and six strikeouts, which isn't amazing, but it's way better than his season ratio of one stri- one walk for every two strikeouts. Yeah. So basically, if you get him now, I think he's going to continue this run he's on after the All-Star break is over. And then worst case scenario, you trade him off to someone who's not privy to the injury reports and sees, oh, he's going off over the past couple months. He mm-hmm. can help my team. Or you stash him because I think he's making a place for himself in 
lineup right now. Yeah. And to your point, Mike, even with guys coming back, you know, who are on the injured list right now, if a, man, a guy produces, he's going to find a spot in the lineup. Teams are going to try to work him in. And right now, Brian Goodwin has been producing, and he's been producing very well lately. So the White Sox will try to find at-bats for him, whether or not, you know, they get their outfielders back when they want them. Yeah, absolutely. And I know you have a teammate of his to bring up for your buy low, so I'll let right into that who are you buying on the chicago white Sox? so i want to do whatever i can to get aloy jimenez for the playoff race i really do he's been out for the year he's sitting on someone's il right now or even on their bench if they don't have room for him and mm. i i would say majority of the teams that have aloy jimenez probably aren't in a great spot right now for the playoff push just because they spent a high draft pick on him and then you have the, the news in spring training. This guy's going to be out for four or five months. This guy's going to be out till possibly August. Well, guess what, Wake? August is two weeks away. I can't really mm -hmm. believe it, but it, that's actually true. <laughs> and you want to look for a lot of these guys that got hurt early on in the year that are like, oh, they're coming back in August. Because that feels like it's so far away. It's right yeah. around the corner. There's really nothing I can say about Jimenez to why you should pick him up because he we all know he is a we great know what kind hitter. of player he is. He's an unbelievable young pure power hitter. He had 31 homers as a rookie and then he had 14 more in the shortened season in just 55 games. He could hit 15 to 20 home runs when he comes back. And it is kind of a risk because, you know, he's coming off a pretty bad torn pectoral muscle. We're not really sure how that will affect, you know, a swing going forward. But, hey, you can sell that to someone if you're trying to buy low on him. Be like, hey, I, you know, I want to take a risk on Eloy Jimenez. You know, your team's kind of been struggling. I'll give you a couple guys that are healthy now for Jimenez, who you really don't know. He's kind of a wild card because he's been hurt and it was a serious injury. You could really kind of twist it any way you want to try to get him on your team. And he's someone who just has a high enough ceiling where I think it's worth the risk. I would mm -hmm. do whatever I could to try to get Eloy Jimenez. And unfortunately for me, I have a couple leagues where I had Ronald Acuna. And then oh, we man. saw the torn ACL. A couple of my teams were in first place too. And that just crushes you, right? Because it's your first round pick. It's a guy who can do everything for you. I'm going to the Eloy Jimenez owner, and I go, listen, I'll give you this guy, this guy, and this guy. Give me Jimenez and maybe like a low-end pitcher and just see if I can get him because chances are this is going to be the best point you can. This is going to be his you know, lowest value to try to get trade for him. As mm -hmm. soon as he's activated, as soon as he plays, it goes up. And as soon as he hits his first home run, that thing skyrockets. Try to get him now a couple games before he comes back. He started a rehab assignment. He's currently, I think he's, he went one for six the other night. So it wasn't mm -hmm. anything crazy, but he's at least playing. He's at least getting at bats. That's a great sign for me. I want to try to go out and grab Eloy Jimenez. Yeah, I mean, you know, last year he was on top two percent of the league and hard yeah. hit right the dude is an absolute specimen yeah. and he he honestly has the potential i know it's it, you know he's coming off an injury and, and he's only two seasons in but he has the potential to be a hall of famer with the way that he can hit the football hit the football hit the baseball i just did train wreck fantasy football yesterday <laughs> so now i'm still in football mode <laughs> uh my buy low and it's going to be a guy who got me to the to the championship i think two years ago now and it's michael conforto and he is finally, finally on a Mets team that can prop him up 
when he is in a rut. And he's in a rut right now. Yeah. And it's because of an injury. Kind of similar. Some growing pains maybe with Eloy when he comes back. Michael Conforto, the hamstring injury is obviously why he has not been playing as well as he usually is. He's hitting 202 right now, which is like 20% or not 20%, two percentage points lower than any other batting average of his career. His expected batting average though is a 245. So there is definitely going to see some regression there. He's got one of the best walk rates in the league right now at 14 and a half. And he's got an average strikeout percentage so the the floor for him is still a really solid floor especially with the all-star break i think this you know even though it's not it's not a long break but these this few days that he's had off definitely going to help him in rehabbing that and the high walk rate that i just mentioned it brought it brings his batting average up from a 202 to be a 345 on base percentage which is absolutely ridiculous yeah. he's only 28 years old that's far too young for someone like drop off for absolutely no reason so understanding the context behind why he's struggling is absolutely important here he's going to get good opportunities to get driven in he's going to get good rbi opportunities with the lineup around him as i already said and what i like a lot about him is i think they found a home for him in the five spot in that lineup because he's batting 300 there and 161 when he bats absolutely anywhere else in the lineup so honestly i think that michael has the potential to be a league winner for anybody that trades for him right now because this might be the lowest his value has ever been throughout his entire career. Yeah, and you could really get him for cheap right now. And not to mention, too, the Mets offense as a whole was kind of struggling. You see guys like Francisco Lindor, Jeff McNeil, even Pete Alonso, they haven't been doing that great in the first half of the season. I expect them to get better in the second half. And Conforto, too, he's one of those guys that I would put in the group as kind of a summer player where after the All-Star break, he just seems to play better. And those are the guys I like to go out and target because, you know what, to your point, like he's still playing well. He's getting a little unlucky. He's not hitting the ball as great. Mm-hmm. But it's a, it's a couple things he can fix. And next thing you know, he could be a top 20 outfielder in the second half of the year. Exactly. Like he's not chasing pitches. He's not doing anything fundamentally wrong. It's just a matter of time until things start to correct themselves. And like you said, he's a second half player. I, I'm a, I've always been a big Michael Conforto guy. So I'm excited to see what he does in the second half of the year. Um, Moving into sell high. Who do you got for me, Steve? So hear me out on this one. My sell high is Trevor Rogers of the Miami Marlins. And I'm telling you right now, it has nothing to do with his talent. He's For seven sure. and six on the year with 122 strikeouts, 34 walks, a 240 ERA, a 1.08 WHIP, and a 2.49 FIP in just 101 innings. He's been an elite pitcher this year. You either got him late in your drafts or as a free agent pickup, and he probably helped your team immensely. His last four starts have not been as great though: a 1-3, a 4.22 ERA, a 1.27 WHIP. Still getting a lot of strikeouts. Just giving up. You know, hits some walks there, but he hasn't gone longer than six innings in any of them. And that was kind of that was kind of a a concerning sign for me because it's it says two things, right? One, it's like, okay, he's starting to get hit around, he's starting to, you know, walk betters, give up hits, his pitch count's going high. But number two, Wake, the Marlins are thirty nine and fifty on the year. 
They're nine games back, and they're probably not going to make a playoff push. Trevor mm-hmm. Rogers has never pitched more than 136 innings in his career in a single season. That's including the minors. He's a good pitcher, but I think we're going to see down the road, and there's a number of guys that qualify for this. He's a young arm that the Marlins want to keep healthy for next year and the years to follow. I'm gonna, I think we're going to see limited starts where you could see him only go four or five innings per start. They want to keep the arm fresh. They don't want to risk an injury. You could see mm-hmm. them skip scar- starts or, and this is the one why I kind of want to trade him, you could just see him get shut down like the final three, four weeks of the season because they're like, hey, we've seen it before. We've seen it. Teams have done this that are out of contention with a young mm-hmm. pitcher who's very good, who's very talented, but they're like, hey, we're out of playoff race. There's no point to pitch this guy right now. We know he's good. We know what he's capable of. Let's keep his arm fresh and healthy. And guess what? That comes right during the playoffs for fantasy baseball. Trevor yeah. Rogers, very good talent, very good season long numbers. You could absolutely get someone to overpay for him. And I'm telling you right now, I would not be shocked if we saw this trend continue with the shortened starts, even if he pitches better, the shortened starts, the skipped starts, and all just shutting him down altogether. I I don't love doing it because I like mm-hmm. Trevor Rogers. I think yeah. he's talented, but this is the type of player you can take advantage of that with. If someone who really doesn't know better, they're just like, hey, why is he trading me Rogers? He's been great. The underlying numbers look great. He's had a couple bad starts, but I'm not worried about that. That's not why I'm trading him. I'm trading him because I really do think we're going to see the innings start to limit. Yeah, and it, it does unfortunately make sense for him. I mean, especially yeah. you you said it. The, the Marlins are just such a bad team that why would yeah. you jeopardize anything like that? I mean, like you sense. don't you don't really see it in other sports though, which is kind of baffling like it's this is something that that is unique to baseball Mm -hmm. like you know it's it's not like this year the jaguars are going to be benching trevor lawrence in week 17 and 18 um so so just because if anybody is go ahead i was just gonna say i think it's just more it's basically just for pitchers because they want to save the arms because it does wear on you and they want to save the arms. And you've seen before guys who aren't used to throwing 150, 200 innings in a year, it can Mm -hmm. go south real quick, real fast when they try. And the Marlins have shown in the past, they're a team that likes to limit the arms. They did it a little bit the past couple of years with their young arms where they're like, we don't want them Mm -hmm. to throw as much. They've kind of been baby, not babying their pitchers, but they've, they've to a point have said, we're not going to work this guy all season long, or we're not going to work him until his arm falls off. We're just kind of take this slow and steady. And I think Trevor Rogers is the perfect candidate for them to do that Mm -hmm. with again. And the historical context is good because I can see people trying to think their way through this. I mean, like, there's no way that they would just bench us an all-star young pitcher, right. like, no reason. But there is the reason. Uh, yeah. That that is the reason. Uh, and it's funny. My sell high this this week is also a pitcher. I don't think he's as good as Trevor Rogers, though. I'm going to be completely honest. And lately, he has been a top seven pitcher yeah. in baseball. I don't think he's that good. It's Charlie Morton, and I love my former Pirates. I love my former Pirates. I really, really do. The but, ageless wonder. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I don't know if you could find a pitcher who has been more inconsistent 
than Charlie Morton this year. His last five games look pretty incredible on paper, but if you actually go back and watch some of the, the games, some of the pitches, especially the two out of the five where he struggled, he's really sloppy. His control isn't good. He's not getting anyone to chase because they know how, you know, he, he just he's not good at hitting the strike zone like he used to be anymore. And he's given up one of the worst max exit velocities in Major League Baseball this year. When the past five games that he's had so far, he's had he's gone over seven scoreless innings three times, and then in the other two ones, he's given up at least three runs in less than six innings. So I think the two games are more indicative of who Charlie Morton is as a player than the other three are. Before this incredible stretch that he's gone on, where he's won six out of nine games, he dropped his 5.08 ERA from May down to a 3.64, and I just I don't think that that's at all sustainable. Like I said, seventh over the last thirty days, he is not even a top ten pitcher in the MLB. Like he's really not. So he's also putting up pretty abnormal strikeout numbers. And with the chase rate being so low, his control being not there, you know, he was getting like five, six strikeouts a game. He's gotten into the double digits in this stretch that he's in right now. So I think this is the absolute perfect time to sell high on Charlie Morton. Yeah, I agree with you there. I mean, and age two is another thing. I, I mean, he's proved us wrong a couple times, but it's got to catch up to him at some point. And one key thing with Morton, which I kind of like to touch on, is he's yeah. on the Braves right now, and they just lost their best player, the generational talent Acuna for the year. They've already been struggling. They're below 500 coming into the break. They had high expectations as, hey, we're going to be maybe a World Series contender. Yeah. If the Braves start to slip the first couple weeks after the break, it could just go south for everybody. And Charlie Morton is the type of guy I just think, I don't know. I think if if the Braves start playing poorly, he's going to start pitching poorly. Mm -hmm. And I think right now, to your point, he's been pitching or his numbers look so good right now as of late. You could get, you know, double, triple his value for him right now because Mm -hmm. people are desperate for starting pitcher at this point in the year all the Mm -hmm. teams right around the break kind of know do i want to make a playoff push or not and when you want to make a playoff push what do you want to do you want to accumulate arms that you can trust on a weekly basis someone's going to overpay for charlie morton a hundred percent they will absolutely i'm happy you agree with me there too we you'd you i don't know if you tuned into the fantasy football show last night but there was not a moment where any of us agreed on absolutely anything oh it was I was watching it the whole time, and I was disagreeing with about half of you too. I was, <laughs> I was like, oh, I, I can't agree. Oh, I think it was it was Jordan. He brought up some points where his a couple of his guys where I was like, I I'm on the complete opposite side here. I am glad mm-hmm. though, Wake. I don't want to dive into football too much, but I am glad yeah. you have mm-hmm. the same concerns of Jonathan Taylor as I do because I think people are mm-hmm. too uh, high on him this year. But Def- talents is there. Day. Great yeah. young running back, but like you know, it's just a crowded room. You know what? We'll talk about it on a fantasy yeah. football show someday <laughs> soon. Uh, before we get out of here, though, I know you had some prospects yeah. you wanted to bring up, and I know that you're excited about both of them, and I think both have some concern behind them too. Yes. Uh, um, and, and I know Jared Kalenic is a name that's been brought up on the show before, so we'll start with him. It seems like the Mariners as a whole, one, he just didn't look good in his first stint up here, but he's a rookie. I'm not going to be mad about that. This is fantasy, so we do need more than, you know, maybe than the Mariners want to see from him at this moment. Um, But also, it just seems like the Mariners as an organization have had trouble developing 
hitting prospects. They've had a lot of guys over the past few years who really lit it up in AAA and then mm-hmm. for some reason just couldn't translate it into the MLB. So I'm going to ask you, why is Jared Klenick different in your opinion? Well, there's two reasons. The first reason is he's free, right? It, it's You're getting sure. a top five prospect in baseball right now for nothing. It's a no-risk pickup. It's not like a guy you have to stash for a month. They said he's getting called up tomorrow. He's going to play on Friday. And that tells me two things. One, the Mariners are trying to make a push. They think, hey, we can actually compete this year, and they want to try to build the best team possible. And part of that is getting their top prospect back in the major leagues. Secondly, is he already has a taste of major league pitching. He knows how it is. And it didn't go well. He batted 96, 0 96. <laughs> he batted below 100. It didn't yeah, go yeah. well. He was chasing a lot. He was swinging, missing a lot, stuff he wasn't doing in the minors. But that doesn't concern me because his talent is still a five tool player. He still has the power, he still has the speed. I mean, when he was called up and even batting below 100, he still got a couple home runs. He still got Mm -hmm. a couple doubles, and he had three steals. His floor, in my opinion, is going to be a guy that's going to help you in home runs and steals going forward. He's that type of guy that has, you know, that combo potential, which I love to get, and you don't see that on the waiver wire at this point in the season. And I know people are going to look at the season-long numbers and be terrified But wait, there's a reason he's been hyped up as a prospect for this long. We've seen it before with so many prospects. People forget that Mike Trout's first taste of the majors was not good at all. It was miserable. (laughs) People forget that Vladdy Jr. struggled his first couple tastes of Major League pitching. Mm -hmm. And there's very few prospects. I know Tatis and Juan Soto came in and dominated. But they're they're kind of, you know, kind of struggle at the start. And that's just, Kalenic is so young. And when you go from, you know, AAA guys, you're either facing journeymen who just don't have the skill to consistently be in the majors, or you're facing other guys, you know, around your age who are doing what they can to work up to get called up. Now you're at the major leagues where these guys are making multi-millions and they have the skill and they've probably been there for five, 10 years. You're going to be anxious. And that's what I saw with Kalenic. He was chasing so many pitches. He was swinging outside the zone. That can be fixed. You can't fix pure Mm -hmm. talent. You can't fix his power. You can't fix his speed. That is his, you know, his born skills that he has. But he got back in AAA, tweaked a few things, slashed 360, 429, 680, five home runs and five doubles in just six AAA games in July. He's been mashing the ball. He has the confidence. And like I said, it's free. You're not trading anything for him. You don't have to wait two months for him. He's playing tomorrow. If you have a spot and he's available, why not? He's a top five prospect of baseball for a reason. They just don't hand that out to anybody. There's a reason he earned that. And I don't think there's any risk just saying, hey, I'm going to plug this guy on my roster and see what he does. If he struggles, then okay, I just drop him. It's There's really no risk to it. Yeah, and he was chasing, but his overall plate discipline wasn't terrible. My favorite stat about Jared Kalenic from his stint in the majors this year, and mainly because there aren't a lot really to pick from him if you're going to pick a favorite one, but he averaged 39 or 3.92 pitches per plate appearance. That's just 0.01 below the league average. So he was working the counts just as well as pretty much any other major leaguer. So I, and he's also an extremely intelligent player. 
there's no doubt in my mind he's going to correct it. And I love all the points that you made. I'm going to see what else you have to say about Jaron Duran, uh, Boston Red Sox prospect, possibly getting called up, not confirmed yet. Yes. But why, why, what is your case for people rushing to the free agent market just to grab him and stash him on? Because he has been great in AAA this year. Better at home than away. That's mm-hmm. not really anything that really matters for my opinion. I know some people might might uh, you know bat their eyes at that. But but what do you like about Jaron Duran? There are a couple of reasons for him. The first off is the Red Sox just seem to hit well. No matter who they plug into the lineup, they seem to hit well. And Duran will be joining a lineup that is loaded with star hitters. You got mm-hmm. Verdugo. You got Martinez, you got Devers, you got Bogarts. Even their catcher Vasquez can hit the ball well. And he's bringing what the Red Sox desperately need, and that's speed. They only have, I believe, it's 31 steals as a team on the year. If he comes in and he starts to hit the ball well, I could see Duran start to hit at the top of the lineup. And I'll tell you what, you get a guy who can hit at top of the lineup, who's he's got 12 steals already in AAA. He also has 15 home runs. He hits the ball hard. He has he power. I think he's batting 270, which is, which is fine. But if you have a guy like that with his speed, with his skill set, batting in front of Bogarts, Devers, Martinez, Verdugo, that is so many counting stats. It is runs galore. It steals. It's going to help the other Red Sox players. And there's a reason it was kind of leaked that he might be, you know, called up for this series. The Red Sox want to get him in the lineup and they want him for their playoff push. They wouldn't kind of announce it or anything if it really wasn't like, oh, he's getting called up for a few games. This is at the break. They're like, hey, we want to build the best team possible because they're first in the AL East and they want to make a serious World Series push. Why not stack the lineup even more? He's got that power-speed combo that I absolutely love to go after. And I know he's 24 years old. I know he's played in the minors for a little bit. But once again, he's free. It's a free agent. There's a reason they're called free agents. You don't have to give up anything for him. If you don't need him, then fine. Don't pick him up. And if he doesn't get called up this series, then drop him. You don't need to stash this guy. But if he's getting called up for this series, which I think he will be just based on all the news I've heard, he's someone worth taking a look at. And why not plug him into your lineup? He can get you power. He can get you steals. And if he plays well, he's batting at the top of the Red Sox lineup, which I absolutely would love. And a reason he's going to be possibly, you know, put into the lineup is because he was actually just barely left off of the U.S. Olympic team. Mm-hmm. And that's the kind of talent he is. You mentioned yes. the power and the speed. He has a little bit of Juan Soto in him, to be completely mm-hmm. honest. He's okay. like a little bit younger, may, maybe not as much power as Juan mm-hmm. Soto. But I, I see that, you know, I see some similarities between the two that makes him a really exciting prospect to have. Uh, and in my league where you keep rookies for an extra year he's definitely someone that i am currently logging into yahoo to see if i can uh see if i can stash him uh but that will do it for us here on Trainwreck fantasy baseball thank you everyone for tuning in make sure you check out everything that's been coming out from Trainwreck sports we had fantasy football last night what's Trainwreck watching they're watching loki see how they're dealing with that I don't know what's going on in Loki. I want to watch it. I just haven't started yet. I don't I don't got excuses. And tonight, guys, Owen Power will be joining two goalies, one Mike. We have a gauntlet of content coming out from Trainwreck oh, yeah. Sports. So stay tuned for all of it. Steve, thank you again for being here with me. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. We will see you next week.